Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Pleasure to join you, Jr. Thank you, Coach. How's it been uh, trying to lead a program during this COVID nineteen crisis? And you know, he had a hiring freeze at the school. And how this is all the things from this virus is going on? How's it been trying to lead a program during this tough time the last five months here? Well, there's no instruction book for it. That's for sure. And I've coached a, a long time, but. It's a new experience, but I'm so thankful for the opportunity at the University of Evansville and uh, just to be able to lead a program and um, surrounded with some, some great people and tre- tremendous tradition. Uh, I grew up in the state of Indiana, so uh, and my father was a high school coach, so we were so aware of um, the history and the tradition of the University of Evansville. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, Hey, this is this is where we're at. This is what is happening, and um, you just do the best you can to lead and keep your priorities correct. And um, like I say, I'm, I'm really thankful to to get to coach these guys. I, I've been really impressed with the players and uh, the community and the administration. So we're just excited for the opportunity, Jr. You most definitely coach. And uh, how have you been trying to talk to your, your young men and keep them focused and eyes on the prize? Because, no, now that we have a COVID crisis, we had a crisis with social issues in, the, in our country. So how have your staff tried to lead the young men and try to give them perspective during this tough time we're getting from, from, from every direction right now, Coach, which I keep these young men's priorities straight? Well, you know, we're away from one another. Most of the time you get to see them every day and, you're getting more access now than when I first got into the business. Um, you know, the NCAA decided that summer access is a good thing. And so they're usually on campus. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, we missed this year that we enjoy so much is uh, having community camps, having the, the young people in the community come in and your players interact with them. And it's such a great experience for everybody. Well, we didn't get to do that. So, uh, you know, it's just different with everybody being in, in uh, different locations. But now with technology the way it is, um, 
we've been able to text and we've been able to uh, make phone calls, obviously, and email and then the Zoom now. Everybody's doing the Zoom meetings and uh, I'm sure that we, we've had a few of those and the players, uh, I probably put them to sleep, honestly, with my <laughs> my presentation. They're probably uh, saying, uh, but they've been great. They show up and, and uh, our, our message to them was um, the spring term was different. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're off campus, you're online and presents different challenges, but try to navigate it and stay, stay proactive and ahead of it. And they did that and they had a great spring term academically. I was so proud of them. Uh, and then we just said, Hey, let's practice being great teammates and thinking about, you know, taking care of ourselves and others around us by adhering to health the health guidelines and and let's make sure that we do that and we we're responsible and accountable to uh, to to making sure that we're doing our part and they, they did that and then the other the other the other thing we we talked about a lot jr was just the uh, environment we wanted to have when when they returned and uh what we were working towards i was very fortunate to coach at butler university and uh under barry collier and under thad mata and then i got the chance myself and um, we, we always, you know, we're a value-based program and I think that's important. And so, you know, I, I wanted to share some of those things with them and, uh, that's something that you just live all the time. And, um, but, you know, we wanted to at least lay the foundation. And so we just shared with them some, um, different, uh, correspondence that we had emails and different things. And, like I say, shared with our shared our values and shared the way that we would be approaching working together. And although we did know each other, uh, I've been here the year before as an assistant. So, uh, and they welcomed me back. They're just, you know, fine uh, young men. And so, you know, it's very, you know, gratifying. So they did know me, but it is a new voice, a new leadership. And so hopefully we got those things covered well and uh, our guys have stayed uh, stayed the course and now we're we're just planning on being back together when uh when everybody's back on campus and we'll formulate a plan and uh, figure out how we're going to work through some of these things with the virus so but i I'm, I'm confident our guys will will be uh you know be do the best they can that's for sure and coach, I know it has been tough trying to give the guys workout plans because some guys don't have hoops to shoot the shoot on, so they can't do some conditioning work, rather it be you know in place or in whether that. So, how's it been with strength conditioning, coach, trying to get to keep the guys in shape so when they get back to you, you don't have to start over from scratch. You can get these guys in shape and else put them they're risk, risk to get injured because they're not in shape. That's a good point about the injury and when you get back. But my uh, feeling is that. Um, I think you can, and not in this particular situation, but just in general, you're more, almost more prone to overtrain. So I don't worry about it. I remember, uh, believe it or not, I can still remember when I was young, I didn't think it took me very long to get back in shape if I, if I was off. And actually some of this rest probably did some of these guys good. You know, they're, they've been playing a lot now back when I was playing again, we played on asphalt a lot. We played outdoors. I'm sure that was a lot harder on you. And so they, the younger guys now don't have to experience that. But I do think that there'll be an acclimation period. We'll go very slow once we get back is our plan. We'll, you know, it could be 
we're, we're working through with uh, strength and conditioning ideas right now, but we're going to go very slow. Just, Hey, you know, they'll give back and, and, um, we'll, we'll get there. I haven't given them anything to do, uh, as far as physical workouts, uh, cause I just don't know what they have access to. I sure wouldn't want to put them in a bad situation where they, they felt like I was pushing them into something that, you know, was less than healthy. I wouldn't ever want to do that. So I'm not worried about them at all. Like I say, they're, they're young and, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out when they get back and we'll take our time. And I just think that we'll have enough time. And it just depends too on what, what people decide, uh, the season's going to look like when it's going to start. Right now, we don't have any indication that it won't be just the typical season, but you're hearing, Obviously, we're all hearing people throwing out ideas, and so you have to be prepared for that. Uh, maybe they'll start later than than what's uh, what's saying, uh, usually happens. So, if that's the case, uh, that'll just give us more time to get acclimated and, and uh, get our get our bodies ready for competition. And coach, these gentlemen are blessed to have you as a coach because you know how to build a program. You've been at story programs. You've you've led programs as a head coach and an assistant. They're lucky to have you, somebody who understands, been in this business for a long time, and can really protect them and help them, not put them in positions that would hurt them, whether it be on the court and and off the court as well. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I, you know, um, I, I, I'm hiring. I just hired two assistants. We had. Uh, we we had three three um, staff members hold over from the last staff and um, very pleased with them. And then I had I got the opportunity to hire and I hired two former players uh, players that were from Butler University that I know well and uh, that's been very good to me. I've, I've been very fortunate to be able to hire um, you know former players that uh, are qualified, they want to be coaches, and I know them well. Well, these two, Thomas Jackson and Brandon Crone, Thomas played for me my first year as a head coach. He was a senior, tremendous leader, and um, we talked yesterday a little bit. They they were introduced to our to our community, and uh, we announced that they were coming. Um, they were joining us, and Thomas and I, they kind of asked us about our relationship, and it really came down to we trusted one another, you know, and I think it's really important that the guys see that you – that you um, you mean what you're saying, that you you know that you do care about them, and that you want what's best for them, and at the same time you can um, be demanding enough to that they'll you know they'll show improvement and and they'll grow in in the game because you have certain standards and you help them uphold them, but uh, you you want them and you want players to know you care about them, so. Uh, we try to do that and everything we, we send a message in whatever we do. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's very gratifying that, uh, these are the two guys that I wanted to hire and they both, uh, accepted it and came on with me. Uh, so I guess they didn't have too bad of experience with me when I was coaching. So I'm thankful, uh, but they're, they're going to be great additions. And Coach, let's talk about your time at Butler, and I want to. I'm gonna lead you to a point about Brad Stevens. I know uh, you worked at Celtics for for three years yeah. there, and so let's talk about talk about Butler and your time there. And like you said, you brought in two guys who, from Butler who played for you, and the Butler family about how you all all close and stick together as one. It's like that one Butler family right there, and they're doing it again here in Evansville now. 
you know, we're going to try to, we've got a good blueprint, we think. Evansville and uh, Butler have a lot of similarities. And so we think we can, it won't be exact, but we'll try to implement some of the things that we think were good to us at, at Butler. And most of it was just, I, I was so fortunate to be surrounded by such good people. You know, you, you mentioned Brad uh, Stevens. Well, uh, he hadn't coached before when I, when I hired him. And um, he is, actually, he came on staff when Thad Mata was the head coach and I was an assistant. Brad was the director of basketball operations, so a non-coaching role. But then the next year, um, they elevated me, and then I elevated Brad. And he just stayed with me the whole six years. And people ask me, well, when did you know, how did you know he was going to be such a great coach? And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be honest if I told you I knew he was going to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. I mean, it's a pretty great feat, you know. Uh, but I did know he'd be good at whatever he did just because of his approach. And uh, no matter what job you gave him, he, he went at it and completed it with uh, to the best of his ability and with the whole program in mind. But then I also had the opportunity to um, – one move that I, that I made that unfortunate was uh, we hired Jeff Meyer, who is an assistant back at Butler now, and he, he had coached uh, – been a Division One head coach at Liberty, and he brought a great perspective. And I, it was my first year. Uh, he came in my first year as head coach, so uh, I had that experience with him, and he, he was a real team guy. Then we had Brad Stevens. Then Laval Jordan, who's the head coach at uh, Butler now, I was able to hire him. And I coached – I was an assistant coach uh, Laval's – I think his junior and senior years. So what, yes. And, uh, and then he went with me to Iowa. Joel Cornett, who um, sadly has, has passed, um, was, was also a former player of mine, and he went with me to Iowa. Um, so I think, you know, I just had – I was just very fortunate – to have great people around me and a, a lot of them were just getting into the business. So they got started with me. And uh, like I say, Brad hadn't coached before. And we had Matthew Graves, who was, uh, you know, had spent five years as head coach at South Alabama is now at Xavier. He was with us. And so I think it's, I think it's really good to, to coach uh, or to recruit staff members that you know, well, and you, you're kind of on the same, you are on the same page, but they're not guys that, you know, don't have their own opinion. They'll, they'll tell you what we need to do. Uh, we had good staff meetings where everybody voiced what they thought was the right thing to do. I tell them, don't be offended. If I don't use it, please keep coming and telling me things. And if we do, I'll, I'll give you the credit for it, obviously. And uh, we'll just see, you know, we'll work together and hopefully it'll all work out. Well, you know, Laval, I, I actually Jay, I told somebody one time, all my assistants have been at least to the final game of the NCAA tournament, uh, except for me. And they said, well, obviously you're the problem then. You know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. I guess so. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's amazing. Laval and Jeff were at Michigan when they went, I think, played Louisville. And, um, and then, uh, you know, Brad and Matthew and uh, – those guys were all at uh, at Butler. I think Terry Johnson too, who's the assistant at Ohio State, really excellent coach, great person. He came on with me um, uh, towards the end of my tenure at Butler. So I, I think we just, um, you know, I, I I don't worry about um, 
any anything as far as um, what you know credentials or whatever. I'm just looking for guys who we're we're on the same page and we believe in the same same approach and um, we'll work work as a team. That's what's fun in this game, just being a good team. And Coach, how's your time with the scouts? I, I, I know I've seen Randy Ayers out there, Paul Hewitt. I see I see other coaches in the G League or being scouts. So, how has your experience been on scout for the Celtics? And also, can answer how has it been around my man Al Horford from from the Atlanta Hawks? You know that, that that's one of my buddies there. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I didn't. I, I will say this, Jr. Like being a scout is a is a really a, a, a great job to be honest, because things are set up. You go, you go to college, all different venues. You watch different games. You go to practices. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a good job. There's no question about it. I love being with the Celtics and obviously because Brad and I are close, I probably, you know, had a little bit, um, more access to, to the team and all. When I would go out, I would just go, I was a regional scout. So I was based in Indianapolis and um, we'd go to, you know, I had about six conferences that I went to, but it was all, all regional, but because I had the big 10, that was, you know, I got to see a lot of, a lot of really good basketball, go, went to, to Louisville games. That was, you know, two hour drive for me. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's a great experience, but occasionally I would go out to Boston and I'd get to watch workouts or I'd watch the practices sit in in the coaches meetings because of my, but when you ask me what it's like being a scout, I can say it is a good job. But for a guy who's always been around teams and always been a part of a team, you, you are, there's a little bit of a disconnect um, because you're not around them all the time and you, you watch and you see things, but it's just a little bit different. And um, a, co- a scout told me one time, it's kind of a lonely job. And I, I guess that could be true because you're, you are on your own a, a, an awful lot, but it, it would not be um, not be fair to to complain about it at all. It's a it's a very good job, and I I didn't get to see. I really didn't know Al. Now, an interesting question with Al Horford. He was the leader of that or on the Florida team that my last team at Butler um, played in the Sweet 16 in St. Louis, and then they went on and won the national championship. So we had a little bit of a connection there. Uh, I was still kind of still mad at those Florida guys. You know, they knocked us out a couple Definitely. of times. Yeah. But I always, I really admired Al. I thought, you know, he really brought uh, a great, uh, you know, a great approach and work ethic and all to the Celtics from what I could see. And like I say, I wasn't around much, but I, I think that everybody really appreciated him. I tell you what, Coach, it's been great to talk to you, man. Because I could talk to you for hours, man, about basketball. It's been, <laughs> been, been great, man. I got oh, one more for you, Coach. Yeah. The, the Valley as a league. I, I like the league. Live. I've, had, I've had a lot of coaches on the phone from the league. Uh, Dana Ford actually coached on Martin Tennessee State. He coached definitely with okay. Missouri State and had yeah. on Indiana State's coach. So I've covered the league. So the league is very tough. A lot of great coaches in that league. Talk to us about the league as a whole and as you, what you see going forward as you all seem to grow to one of the more powerful big majors in America. I I agree with you, Jay. I, when I was at Butler, um, we were in the Horizon League. And I'll give you this example. When we play, we played Southern Illinois in what used to be, they had a bracket buster event. 
And so they'd pair you up according to where you were in the conference and where. And so we were, I think, with the Missouri Valley at that point. Well, they brought Southern Illinois in to Hinkle Fieldhouse, and it was packed. And you got two mid-major teams that are ranked in the top 20 in the nation. I don't even know how that could happen. And it was it was a, a great game, and we lost in Hinkle. And uh, I'm still mad at Chris Lowry, of course. Uh, he brought his team in there. They were, oh, they were good. But I, I've always had such a great respect for the Valley. And, and, you know, there's just been tremendous players that came through the Valley also, you know, with uh, Bird and Walt Frazier. And, uh, you know, I'll leave. You could talk all day about it. So I'm going to end up not not talking or not mentioning uh, someone. Um, but when I think about the, the teams that um, that have, have played in this. And then you look at, you know, Creighton's not in it anymore and um, Wichita State, but, you know, two really high-level teams uh, that were in during the time of the Valley. I think Wichita State went to the Final Four. Loyola goes to the Final Four. Um, yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun. We, we've got tremendous fans here, too, and, a, and an incredible facility, the Ford Center, Right downtown Evansville, so we'll get uh, we'll get really good crowds, uh, and uh, and the Valley teams have great following. So I agree with you, Jr. It's uh, you know just it's it's a really a, a fun league, and uh, I'm I'm really thankful to be able to lead a program uh, that that's associated with the Valley. Yeah, I've been to the Four Center for the OVC tournament up there. It's real, real nice. I like Evansville. Thank you. And- and when I was up there, man, it was real nice. Obviously, they did a good job with that. Seeing you guys play there, I was I'm like, wow, you all have a definitely a great home court to play in right <laughs> downtown. And, and like you know, like I said, I have roots in Nashville, so I'm only two hours away from Nashville and six hours from Atlanta, so it's not that far away for me to drive to get there, which is good. <laughs> exactly. Especially days exactly. times. <laughs> yeah. Well, we love it. We love the fortune. I, I always liked Hinkle Fieldhouse. Have you, have you been there before? Have you been I there? Have not, I've passed by, but never been inside yeah. before. Okay, well that's it's just uh, so unique, you know. You, you kind of just feel the tradition in there. But uh, Ford Center's got all the amenities. It's just it, it's just really nice. So, yeah, I'm I'm a fortunate guy. Now, Coach, do you all recruit down in Atlanta? Any of the fact, I know a lot of talent down here in Atlanta. A lot of guys, lots of lot of coaches come to Atlanta all the time trying to find talent. A lot of great schools around the area. Do you all recruit down there very much in Atlanta? You know what? Um, I'm just starting to get a feel for what our region would be, and I try to always recruit what you know in a maybe a two to three hour range. It just makes sense to me. Atlanta's close enough, and I wouldn't, you know, if somebody were to you know, uh, contact us about a player or whatever. Um, you know, obviously we we're open and all, but, uh, I'm just, uh, in all honesty, trying just starting to get the, the feel for, um, what, a, what is our, um, location? What are we, you know, what's the best way to, um, branch out? And we're, we're fortunate, you know, we're close to land is not far, but you know, Nashville's close, Louisville, uh, St. Louis. We, you know, so we're in a good location. There's no Most question. Definitely, Most definitely. Yes, Coach Lighter, 
I'm telling you, I really enjoyed this. Look forward to talking to you for a while. I followed you for a long time, and good to get to talk Thank to you. you. And, I, and I hope to come up there and see you guys once everything gets normal again. I hope to come up there and see you guys play, man. Well, you're you're always welcome. So just just let us know when you when you're available, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to seeing you. And coach, enjoy the, the new grandkid, coach. And Thank I know you. that's been very great thing for you. Blessed doing this, doing this time. So enjoy that. Enjoy your family. And coach, please to stay safe, coach. All right. Thank you, Jr. Take care. We'll do. Thank you. Sally Beauty's new all-in-one hair color kits make it easy to color your hair at home. Get everything you need to color for beautifully radiant results. Loved by professionals. Open to everyone. Sally Beauty. All right, folks, back in the jail, the boss man show here with Coach of Kennesaw State Isles up the road from us, Coach Amir Abdurrahim. Coach, good to see you again, man. How are things going to you in the program? Boss man, good to see you too, man. Things are good, man. We just, uh, you know, taking it one day at a time, man, trying to trying to stay safe, trying to stay healthy and, you know, get back to some sense of normalcy, man. You know, uh, with, with, you know, school about to start here and, you know, we got our guys on campus, man. So it's been, it's been good, man. I, I can't complain whatsoever. I hear that, Coach. Now, you know, everything went down on my birthday, March 11th, man, with the Hawks and Knicks game, and I got the word, man. Season over. Yeah. So my birthday was just a tipping point for, like, this is all going to win since my birthday, man. So yep. how has it been for your guys having to go home in the spring and keep those grades up? And also, some of them going back home, man, no hoops, can't work out. So how's it been to keep the guys in shape? before they get back to you because I know some of them been stuck in that house can do it you're different than you want to do basketball wise yeah yeah no nah, man you know like you you hit it on the head man I, man me and my uh me and my wife actually March 9th I think it was March 9th we went to go see uh Charlotte play the Hawks a uh, former player of mine that's at uh where I, when I was at college at Charleston Joe Cheeley is uh playing with the with the Hornets and so man we we go you know to that game a couple of days later bam everything hits now your birthday is the 11th, mine is the 18th. So you know, like when when I think about kind of how everything jumped off, everything hit, you know, like it, it goes back to like, man, you know, we were, you know, really just getting ready to start our, our our spring workouts, right? And then you know, we're my wife, you know, we normally try to you know do something nice for each other's birthday, you know, go out to a nice restaurant here and there, and it was you know, man, it was a quarantine birthday is what we what we kind of dubbed it, you know, so. Um, yeah, man, but I, I tell you this, uh, we we left, you know, we kind of left and, you know, Kennesaw State did a really, really good job uh, of kind of transitioning from, you know, the in-class instruction to the online instruction, um, like in, in a sense, like, man, kind of flawlessly. Uh, President Witten, um, who's been here, you know, a few years now, she, her and her staff, they did an unbelievable job just kind of getting everything in place and kind of foreseeing where it was going in a sense and getting everything in place to the point where I think all the other schools, you know, when they left and they went home, I think it was like a two week period or something like that where they were off and then started back up. Man, I think we, we may have, I, if we just say we left on a Thursday, we were online ready to rock and roll that following Wednesday. Right. So, our guys never really got out of sync. They never really got out of the mode of going to class. And, you know, uh, Lana Bowman, who's our uh, academic liaison here, she did a great job just kind of keeping our guys on the schedule, right? Because that was the hardest thing is Definitely. once they got home, 
<laughs> like the they play sales now. If they wanted to, um, you know. So she kind of did a great job keeping them on schedule. And then the last part of it was was why they were away. Uh, Jim Carizzi, who's the head of strength and conditioning here, he did a great job of. Um, excuse me, one second. No problem. Take your time, brother. <laughs> it's no problem. Man, he he did a great job of of uh, they invested in this um, this app called Team Builder. And basically what he could do was <clears throat> for guys who had like weights or whatever kind of equipment in their house, man, like he could put a workout together for them. If they just had body weight, he could put a workout together for that. And I mean, it, it turned out, man, awesome, you know, because our guys, they were still able to train a little bit. So, um, you know, really all the way through June, you know, up until when they got back here uh, after July 4th, you know, they weren't in basketball shape. They weren't in great shape, but at least they had some sense of uh, conditioning because they had been doing that. And he did a, he did a great job with it. So that's why I'd say, man, I, I've been screaming this for a year now. Is people don't realize how great the situation up here is and how how much better it can be. But a big part of that is the people. Yeah, it's a diamond in the rough up there, man. You in a perfect spot up there in Kennesaw yeah. State. Very slept on, but a lot of resources out up there in Kennesaw State, man. It, it's a gym, and you're building it the right way because once you get everything yeah. going the way you need to get going, you're going to be trouble no in that A-Sun. Most no definitely. doubt. No. no, we're excited about it, man. You know, we just finished our – or I shouldn't say finished, but we're in our second week of, of workouts with our guys. and. Um, you know, man, again, anytime you're, you're taking over something, you expect to have um, some sort of uh, adversity, you know, and we had a lot of it. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you, we had a lot of it, and, um, but I wouldn't change it for anything, you know, whatsoever. Like, I, I, I would, I, what we went through, we needed to go through, you know, because as we make this turn, which I think we're going to, you know, really, really, you know, make a difference, you know, this upcoming season, um, you know, people to see why, you know, we didn't budge on certain things. I thought I thought it was times last year, you know, man, we could have, oh, you know, not looked at this or, you know, not held somebody accountable on that and maybe won two more games. But, man, like, I mean, it ain't no difference between one game and nine games. We all at home in March, so it mm -hmm. don't matter. But this group we got uh, here now, man, I'm excited about them. You know, these dudes, they love the gym. Um they're building real relationships with each other. And, and that's that's the start. Loving the gym and real relationships. And, you know, whatever happens after that, man, you know, that's on us and we'll do our job. And that's the mark of a good coach, man, because, you know, you can easily let, let a guy get away with something just to get a, a frivolous win here. There. It may look good for the moment, but if you're setting the wrong habits and starting bad examples, man, guys think, oh, he did. I don't want to close out here. I ain't got to set the screen right here. I can loaf on defense here. So setting those good habits now is not going to make you better here in year two, three, and four down the road as long as you're at Kansas State. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, for me, like when, when I think about it, I say me, I, I say us as our staff, we want like we want to win, but we want to win big, right? You know, like we want to we want to do something that's never been done here. That you know, man, in a sense, only sixty eight teams get to do each year, right? And that's go to the tournament. And and again, having been a part of those programs and uh, in the past, like I like I know what it takes, you know, and I know what we didn't, you know, I knew when we were really good, you know, like what we, you know, what our non negotiables were, and then I know when we were actually pretty good what we kind of you know gave into and it was a reason why we didn't achieve what we needed to achieve so um 
we're trying to I mean, we're trying to build this thing to again to be something that this community can can be proud of. And again, you said it. There's a lot of resources up here, man. It's a lot of um, you know really mom and pop you know entrepreneurs that built their businesses you know from the ground up you know and so i want to take that same approach with this with our with our program because the reason why those businesses are flourishing now they're not even mom and pop businesses anymore they're, they're flourishing businesses now you know because they built it the right way they 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 took their time you know they they weathered the adversity and they kept pushing through so um but more importantly they had the right people you know behind them and pushing it you know, to make sure they could, you know, continue to, to build it to where it is now where it's flourishing. Most definitely, Coach. And I, I, just, I love the conference you have. And I, I got have one of the guys in your conference on my show, Matt Driscoll, Coach Pujol, Dan, mm-hmm. Coach yeah. A. Cuff, now Lipscomb, man. All those guys yeah. talk about how you did a great job last year because they knew what you was facing and said, the record don't show the job you really did. And I, and I, and I say you, you're, you guys are right because it's tough coming to a new program, start from scratch, having to really build some. But just to know that your peers in the conference saw the hard work you was putting in, even though there wasn't wins for you, but well, they, they saw it. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this. Like, I, I had a conversation with somebody earlier in the spring, man, and I was, you know, when you look at our conference, and, I mean, you start with, you know, Coach Driscoll down in North Florida, Coach McKay up at Liberty, Coach Pujols, uh, Pujol up at North Alabama, Coach Acuff at, at Lipscomb. And we can go on and on and on, man. Like, we got some really good coaches, right, in our league, you know. And so, um, and not only good coaches, we got really good leaders. They're leaders, right? And, and they're, they're kids, man. They play. They, they really um, share the identity of their head coach, right? So, um it, it wasn't it's no it wasn't no cakewalk that's for sure you know it was like we, and, I, and I knew that you know we all knew that but again um you know our kids that we that we had last year they tried like there is no question about that right like I mean you could have walked in here boss man and in middle of February into February and we were one and whatever and if you would have watched our practice you would have been like man and these dudes get after it you know and so to their to their um credit man they kept coming in and doing what we asked them to do but the one thing I don't think people realize is is how hard it is to win like what you have to do every day in order to win right it's an everyday thing and that's wow, why every day every day and that's why you look at like teams like Liberty you look at teams like North Florida and they've been at the top of this league for you know four five six years it's because of that like they they they've had that culture established they've had those standards set and they know know what it is every day our guys we were setting that standard and they're like looking at the standard like man i ain't never been asked to do that before but i'm gonna try right and and that's all we were asking last year so now it's time to take that next step you know like the the foundation is is set right now it's time to start adding those bricks and again that's day by day is how we work now um for his non-conference scheduling, Coach, I know it's how I've been tough this year with the pandemic and teams trying to run the okie doke splitting it. If there's no fans, this number, if it's fans, this number, that's raising money. I know it's been hard for you, but how's that been going trying to schedule these games, man, knowing uncertainty of the pandemic right now? Man, yeah, no, no, I'll tell you this again. I'm a, You're going to hear me say this probably over and over throughout this interview. I'm, a, I'm really a product of the people that I have around me, and so uh, – my staff, man, these dudes, they did a great job really early on, but like way, way before I'm talking about last year, last fall, you know, getting the schedule put together 
you know, where, you know, we basically had our, you know, what they, they term uh, guarantee games. We had our, our guarantee games done like before new year. Right. And so we didn't have to worry about that. And, and then obviously we inherited the, the, the uh, series with Mercer. We inherited the series with Belmont and we, and we inherited the series with FIU. Right. So you're talking about that six games right there. And then we we go to Bell. I mean, sorry, we go to Wofford um, in a return from last year. That's seven. So our our deal was kind of set. We were we're we're really like we didn't really have to, uh, you know, like uh, scurry and find games or anything like that. What what was really good was when we did get one of those. Well, look, man, if it ain't no fans, we only gonna do this. Like I don't look. There's certain things, man, that are that are above my pay grade, right? <laughs> no doubt. Hey, look, Same. Man, we, <laughs> hey, hey, we gonna get us the legal legal. Y'all deal with that, man. Like everybody got a legal team on their campus. That's a contract. We ain't got to worry about that. I'm not about to, you know, because I know their coach wasn't gonna sit on the phone with me and say, "All right, man." Like, nah. Like, well, I'm gonna let the people who are paid to do those oh, things. Definitely. So, <laughs> oh, definitely. I would. No doubt. No doubt. Well, coach, you're part of a great organization, man. Coachesforchange.org. I talked to Cliff Warren just a few minutes ago before I got on the phone with you here. I talked to Carmen Masarello a week ago about it, man. Talk about the this organization you're part of, that Carmen put together, and what you guys man. are trying to accomplish, man. Man, I, I tell you this. Carmen did an unbelievable job. I think it kind of started, man. We were on a town hall um, meeting this, you know, two, two and a half months ago, um, you know, right after George Floyd, uh, the incident with George Floyd where he was murdered, right? Um, and uh, Maybe about a day later, you know, I got an email or a text from Carm like, hey, man, um, I'm thinking about doing this. Would love for you to be a part. I say, man, say no more. Let me know. Let me know what you want to do. And so it really started out, boss man, is like, a, man, let's get on here. Let's talk about what we're doing with our, with our, um, our, our respective teams to, you know, kind of help them through this time. And it kind of morphed into this coaches for change. And so um, now, you know, it went from, Man, man, it started out with like 42. It's like up to 110 coaches now, or something like that. And you know, the the um, it's built on four our four E's basically: is engage, educate, empower, and evolve. And, and when we talk about those four E's, is and, and we're starting at in a place where we can control. We're not trying to go take over the world, right? Like right away. You know, we're starting right at home with our own teams, right? And so. The first thing that we all wanted to do was we wanted to get all of our players uh, registered to vote. The thing that's crazy about it is, is maybe a week before that, I actually had uh, Trey Murrow, who's my director of player development, um, start working with our guys to get them registered to vote. Not only that, but we wanted to get them educated on the candidates as well, not just going in there to click Republican or Democrat, right? To actually understand who's running on what, and how they're how they're going about it. So now what we've done is we've kind of incorporated the coaches for change piece into it. And so each one of my kids, I, I'm almost sure that they follow us on social media. I, I'm almost sure they uh, uh, visited the website. And when you go to the website, man, like again, a lot of times of engaging is not is or where people don't engage is because they don't either they either don't have an awareness or they don't want to have an awareness, right? Right. So either don't have an awareness or they don't want to have an awareness, right? And so we're in this time now where uh, we're trying to get everybody 
again, engaged, but aware, right? Um, I just share this with you real quick. On our team, we, we have 15 guys, okay? 14 of them are black. We have one white kid on our team. And so when all of this first hit, we jumped on, we jumped on a Zoom call, and the first thing I wanted them to understand was this, was that this was not a black versus white issue, okay? That, like, it's not that this is a uh, oppression issue, right? And oppression comes in many forms. Oppression comes yes. in, in many shapes. Oppression comes in many colors. Let's just keep it 100, right? So we wanted them to understand that. And so what, we, so what I talked about on that Zoom call was our 14 black kids understanding the responsibility they have is covered, is protected, is looked after, right? Is not looked down upon or treated differently because for the first time in his life, he's a minority, right? Okay. And then what I said to the one white kid was like, understand the responsibility you have now and understanding what these guys are going through, just like they're gonna understand what you're going through. They're gonna educate you, you educate them. And that's where, again, when you, you know, so now we've engaged, I, we engaged that group for them to be aware of each other. Now it's time to educate them, right? On why it's important to vote, why their vote counts. Like most of them, like most kids, I can remember when I was 18, 19 years old, I'm like, man, my vote don't, like, man, my vote ain't gonna count for nothing. Like, that was the ignorance behind it because I hadn't been educated on it, right? Oh, so yeah. now we're, right? So now we're educating them on why it's important to vote, right? Um, why it's important that your voice is heard. That's why we had Trey uh, get the information on each candidate, right? To help them understand what those candidates are running on and how it affects them, right? That way, now when you go in there, you're not just voting for the person that, like, you know, that's again uh, against the president, right? And I'm, I'm, I don't use his name very much, but you don't. Same here, right? You, you, you know, and that's just me, right? But you're not voting just to say, man, I'm voting for whoever's against. Like, no, like, understand what you're voting on and what these candidates are running on and why it's important, you know. And then again, the other part of the education is is helping them understand their history, boss man, right? Like, not the history we learned in, in school, like Definitely. the real history of, yes. right? So now you can understand why your vote counts. Like, do you not realize that, you know, black people in America were looked at as three-fifths of a human, yes. right? Do not understand that until, I want to say it was, you know, I mean, we just lost uh, John, you know, Lewis. John Lewis, the great John Lewis, and understood what he and, and, and a lot of his counterparts were were fighting for was to have that vote, the right to vote, right? Do you? And that's that's not very long ago. What was that? That's what's this? Nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, we talking about fifty years ago. Fifty years ago, right? So, like helping them understand that. So now they understand, like, well, dang, like I do have power in my voice. Now, the thing that I love about this generation, boss man, is like, man, they about that action, right? <laughs> Hey, about that action, man. Like they want, like, like they know their voice means something. And that's really, in a sense, it's like the power of social media. Like you get people bagging and banging on social media all the time. But because of it, these kids understand that they do have a voice, right? And so now they're starting to use it, but it's our job, right? As in a sense, now the elder statesmen to help them understand how to use that voice. 
Most you definitely. Most yes. definitely. Because yes. you know, even with me, you know, I'm, 30, I'm 33 years old. They look at me like, yes. you know, using your show net for politics. You, you, you're right, I am. Because yes. it's a moment in time that I have to have a platform. One point, one being listening in Atlanta from Chattanooga to Macon. I have, yes. I have a voice. I have to use my voice for good. I'm about yes. right versus wrong. This is about for the people. And you know, think about this, coach. I'm 33. My parents are 79, 69 years old. They didn't have four rights. I was born with four rights on paper, right? Now, of course, on paper. Yeah. <laughs> In reality, not really. Right. But on paper, right, yes. Right, 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 right. So, right. like, no understanding that, that my mother and father lived with, so they couldn't go part of town because it was a white part of town. But I can go where I want to, theoretically. But it's, but still, we know in reality, not so much. So, Knowing right. what I know from my own parents' history, I have to preach the word and preach the power for the people so they can hear it and understand what, what we've been talking about for all these years. No, no, no doubt. Because again, you know, and that's why I say it's like this, the coaches for change thing has been so good because again, I, Carm was a, uh, is a genius, you know, with those four E's, right? Because it is, again, we talked about the engagement. We talked about the educating them on why it's important to vote. Then empowering them right, with the different tools to use, right? So now when they speak and they, and they talk about these things, they, in a sense, like I, I've been kind of telling our guys, it's like, you got to understand it's important not to change the narrative, right? Yes. It's, it's like uh, I had, when, when everything first kicked off, you know, and, and this is what happens a lot of times. And this is what happens when, while we can never, why in the past, I should say never, but why it's taking so long to even get the momentum that we have right now. But it's like, okay, the George Floyd, the George Floyd uh, incident happens, right? And it's focused on police brutality, systemic racism, right? And that's what it should be on. Like, let's not change it. Well, then all of a sudden, like, I hear a few coaches within the, you know, college ranks like, well, man, they need to start talking about, you know, the number, the lack of black coaches in, in, um, you know, in, in, in NCAA uh, or in the NCAA and that, you know, that systemic racism exists as well. All right, no question, but that's not what we're on right now. Right? We got to keep, keep the main thing, the main thing, right? We, I had a conversation with a, with a head coach, a guy who I have a lot of respect for. And my stance on, um, you know, like they, they painted Black Lives Matter, I think it was like on like 20, in like 20 something cities, right? They taking statues down, right? But it's only one. It's been only one uh, state that has changed qualified immunity for or for police officers, and that's Colorado, right? So it's like, yeah, we paint Black Lives Matters on these streets, and we we take these statues, these these statues of these Confederate generals down, right? But the main thing hadn't changed a whole lot, except in one place, right? Except in one place. So we've got to be able to empower our youth to use their voice to keep everything channeled in one direction so that whether it's the media or whoever doesn't change the narrative, right? Like I explained to our team, like this is why it's important you use your voice for good. And when you're out peacefully protesting, you make sure that you remain peaceful because look, look what's on CNN. It was George Floyd dies and that was the story for four days, right? Four or five days. And then all of a sudden what happened? The, the rioters, right, started. And now that's the only thing they're talking about on CNN, right? So I'm, we're, we're trying to empower these guys to understand that their voice and, and what they say is important in order to keep the main thing the main thing, right? 
then you evolve it, right? You evolve it to where, all right, we, we, we know what the fight is, right? This is how we take it to another level. And we take it to another level. And this is the thing that I love about Coaches for Change is that when you look on it, look on the web, on, on the page, and who's a part of it, man, it's an unbelievably diverse group. Yes, of it is. Men, women, black, white, uh, Native American, you know, you just go on down the line and it's, it's, and it's not just um, a group of, of, of white coaches or a group of black coaches because the truth of it is, is this, is that I need my counterparts that are, or, or my peers that are white to understand. I don't need them to understand what it's like to live like a black man. Like they're not going to never understand it. Just like I'm not going to understand what, it live, what it's like to live like them. But, sure. but I do, I want to understand and be aware of whatever they're going through just like i want they need to be aware of what we're going through one because that that's the the the, the human thing the humane thing to do yes indeed. Right? but two in our profession right in our profession in college basketball the majority of the kids that are playing college basketball are black kids or kids of color and so they need to understand what these young men are walking into every day so they can help protect them we walk into everybody in, into these mothers and, and these fathers that into these homes and we say, hey, yeah, I'm going to make sure your kid gets an education and do what's right by them. No, it, well, what's right by them is making sure that they're protected, right? That they know they can use their voice and that it's not going to be, or if it is backlash, you know, that the school and, and the staff are going to make sure that, that they're protected and that they have their back and that they continue to help them push that, that uh, their voice and their, and their power forward, if that makes sense. Well, speaking of backlash, Coach, I'll be real with you. So we out here being real. I lost four sponsors since George Floyd died because I'm losing my voice. You know, people's mm -hmm. emails saying, "JR, you've made it. You cover the Hawks. You cover this, and you've made it." No, I haven't made it because once I take out my credential, I'm a black man in America, right? Same with yeah. you. You're, you're a coach of Kansas State. Why you have on your shirt, right? We take off the yeah. leader of campus. You're just a mere black man. So yeah. I haven't made it. I've made it. I have a great job. But I haven't made it. And I'm going to speak truth to power. I don't care if you take away my sponsors. I'll get more of them. I have a guaranteed right. contract. It's only the 2022. I'm not worried about money or losing the job. This is about right, right and wrong. Screw the back. Because the backlash only shows me who they really are. You know what I'm no, saying? We no lose sponsors, no not get threats because we're speaking the truth of power. Man, I ain't worried about that. I'm worried about helping no. my people and being, being on the right side of history. No no doubt. Somebody said something to me, man, this was early on. And, and I've been kind of, you know, not kind of, I've been very outspoken about, you know, um, the things that need to change, you know, on social media. And, you know, I get, you know, uh, coaches that call and say, man, thank you, man. Like, you know, because in a sense, they don't feel like these, some of them are assistant coaches, some of them are head coaches, right? But they don't feel like they can say anything because in their minds, they're worried about, well, if I say something, you know, the next job, like I'm not going to get the next job or I'm going to be looked at as militant. Man, you know, my brother said something to me, man, last year uh, that, that really uh, motivated me to even take this job, right? Is he said, look here, man, like with, 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 what God has for you, he has for you. Yes, right? indeed. And it can be a million people trying to take that away from you, but if God wants it for you, it's yours, right? And he said it, it, it might be something you want, like really, really bad, but it, he doesn't want that for you, right? He's not going to put you in that place. I, man, I, I really, really wholeheartedly believe that. Like that's my faith, right? And so when I look at it as 
like you said, with or without this shirt on, I am a black man in America, right? And I'm not gonna like, that's the one thing I'm not gonna ever, I'm not gonna ever uh, lose sight of that. Now, does that mean I'm gonna be running out here like, you know, speaking on stuff that I'm not educated on? No, like I'm gonna educate myself on whatever it is I'm gonna talk about, right? Because I wanna make sure that what I'm talking about reaches um, the people that it's supposed to reach and that I don't hurt whatever, whatever the cause is by, by speaking, you know, things that I'm, I'm not sure about or I don't understand. I'm not doing that. That hurts it more than, more than anything, right? So, man, I, I just look at it like it, it, it's a time. Like, I, I got 14, really 15. I'm, I got 15 kids uh, looking at me every day, right? Like, coach, man, like, what, what you think about this? Or, or what's your stance on this? Or they're just looking to see how I'm going to carry myself, right? Look. Like I said to him, man, if any of y'all, like our local kids, man, if any of y'all are going downtown to peacefully protest, let me know I'm coming with you, okay? One, because I need, I want to be there with you. But two, right, like I need to make, I'm making sure my men, my guys are good, right? And that they, and that they don't get caught up in anything else. You know, if you need to talk about anything, man, call me. We have people here on our campus. Uh, our, our, our diversity and inclusion office has done a great job as well, just being there to listen to not only our student athletes but our, our our just regular students i mean it was unbelievable like they had a they had a zoom link set up man and i i got on listened and i mean it was just great for people to be able to talk because they didn't know what to what to understand you know or what to think not just black kids like white kids are like how like how can i have this conversation with my friends or with my teammates like that's the beautiful part of it i mean it's i'm just telling you Yes, indeed, Coach. It's been a, a heck of a change in our country, and I hope this third reconstruction is really what we need because, like, you know, yeah. we like, we're already in the, in the hub of Atlanta here, Civil Rights Hub, yeah. man. We have opportunity yeah. to make a change with a lot of people. A very diverse yeah. city, getting that more diverse by the moment. Georgia's yeah. getting more diverse by the, by the day. So I feel yeah. like with your platform, our platform, Cliff Warren's platform, we have yeah. opportunities to help this community grow and move forward for years to come. Like John Lewis will say, make good trouble. Yep. No, make good trouble. No doubt, man. And again, my, my biggest thing is this, you know, uh, kind of going back to when, when all this started and, you know, somebody, a coach said like, man, you know, man, I think, you know, you got to be able to have, have one man and, and for people to listen to you. And I was like, so, so somebody's record, you know, gives them the right to speak on something like, man, that, that don't even sound right. Like that sounds it's actually backwards, right? Like who you are is who you are. Right. Oh, definitely. And, and, and that record, you know, like, man, look, man, like I said before, man, we won in 28, man, but one in 28 don't matter. I'm still a black man living in America, right? With, with uh, black, young black men who are looking at me for, to be the example every day, you know, um, like I, I even share this, like, you know, like we talked about, like the thing I love about even just our group that we have here now is um, we're, you know, we got guys like Tanner Smith, who's from here. Uh, and, and Tanner just calling to say, hey, coach, man, like, talk to me about this. Let's have this conversation, right? Like, come on, man, let's do it, which sparks another conversation, which ultimately ends up leading to him understanding me, me understanding him. Uh, had the same conversation with Brian Bohannon. Great conversation. And, and the thing I love about Bo, Bo, he's just like, man, look, look like, I, I don't even know where to start is what he said. I don't even know where to start. 
man, look, you ain't this, boom, we had a conversation. Keith Shunza, our, our, our volleyball coach, uh, Agnes Bernardo, our, our women's basketball coach. We had these conversations one-on-one, um, and it, I don't think it was them trying to, you know, uh, do like like brown nose and no like they really wanted to understand why because they have kids of uh black kids or kids of color on their team and and they don't know where to start because why they had they hadn't lived with those kids live right so i just think man it's really important for us to understand it's like you said it's, it's not a uh i mean i'm sorry it's not it is it's not a it's a right versus wrong thing it's not a white versus black thing Right, because oppression can come in many in many shapes and in many colors, and, and, and from from any angle you can think about, you know we gotta we gotta push this conversation forward, you know. So you know the the generation that we're talking about now, but I got two little girls, man, four and four and about to be two. Like I don't want them to have to have this conversation. I want people to, to love them, respect them for who they are. Well, definitely, like I see, I told I said on my show last week, my politics are for the people. I'm not right and left. I'm right and wrong and for the people. If you're for the people, yeah. I'm for you. If you're for the right, I'm for you. If you're for equality, I'm for you because it's about people. It's not about right, left, blue, red. It's about people. Cause let's, it's been co-opted to become a competition. But honestly, it's about people. And that's what yeah. I wanted this to be about is people that's coming together and black people being treated equal as, as the constant say, everybody's treated equal. But we ain't been treated yeah. the whole time. Live up to what you say on paper. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to happen for us all. Yeah, no doubt. No question about it. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's amazing, man. Like, I, I coached a kid at Texas A&M. I'll tell you just this quick story. I coached a kid at Texas A&M, right? 6'10", uh, curly hair, you know, a little bit darker than me, right? He was from Columbia, the country. Not like Columbia, South Carolina. He was actually from Columbia, Cartagena, Columbia, right? But you know what he was looked at as in America? Black man. Right. So just helping him understand, teaching him, you know, just little things like, hey, man, you know, look, you get pulled over. All right. By the cops. OK. Like, man, this is what you need to do. You know, hey, when, when you get in your car, man, put your wallet in your like on top of your center console. Have your uh, have your registration and your insurance, man, above your visor. Put it somewhere where you don't got to open something up. Don't give nobody no opportunity to have to guess what you're doing. Right. Like the fact that we have to do that. Right to keep them alive and to help them understand, hey, this is the protocol. Hey, man, hey, it's nighttime, man. Roll all them windows down, man, so so they can see everything they need to see in that car, right? Like, so I, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, equality, again, it's not a black a black and white thing. Equality is a, it's a human thing, yes, you know? Indeed. Like, it is a human thing. Again, I, I'm going to go back to this Coaches for Change. I, it's the thing I love about it, you know? Um, the fact that we were able to, the fact that there were just as many women head, women coaches that wanted to be a part of it as men coaches, right? Like, I'm not saying this to brown nose or to gas nobody up, but like, man, the ideas and the thinking of a woman is so much stronger than the ideas and the thinking of a man, right? Like, because they can think, they can think soundly, right? Like, I know me, like, I'm like looking over here and I'm looking over here trying to figure out, you know, all right, man, what, what's going, but no, like my, like my wife, she'll, you know, hey, 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 let's 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 think about it like this. And I sit there for a second, boss man. I'm like, man, you know what? It's good, good point, right? So, but just like black people hadn't had a whole lot of equality in in this country, women hadn't had a whole lot. Most of equality definitely, right? So I don't like like we talked about when we first got together, Carmen. I was like, look, man, 
like we're talking about right now like it's no inclusion is is it's like like we like this deal with cultures for change like we got to have inclusion you know from everybody and the thing i loved about it again everybody's like no nah, no question it was it wasn't about who gets the credit right i'm sure when you talk to karm karm he wasn't like i i i i i right right like i'm telling you he that's why i think he the dude is really good man like he's really good that's and that's why this cultures for change piece i mean i think it can be it can be a game changer i mean you talking about from georgia to new york to vermont to california it covers the entire country right and think about how many students i think it's something i think we almost got every conference in the in the country between men's and women's covered like man you talking about creating real change now right so we just got to continue to do our part push it forward um understand the platform we had like you said and and in a sense, keep the main thing the main thing. You know, like let's let's make sure these kids are educated on, um, you know, everything they need to be in order to make sound decisions and, and have really good judgment. Well, coach, you know, I'm gonna keep fighting the fight for you, man. If you need me to help you all any kind of way, coaches for change or at Kennesaw State, come talk to your players, man. I'll do yep. it because uh. We take something allow all of us to come together to make this change, Coach. No and I know together we all can get accomplish the same goal and not get this thing and go in the right direction. Finally, get over the goal goal line for and get the right score for us. Get it where we all on the same page. Hopefully, Coach. Absolutely, man. We gonna keep doing it. And again, like I said, man, or like you said, I should say, man, it's about people. You know, keep keep putting good people around us, man. And, and we keep being good people. You know, and fighting a good fight, man. Where it's gonna get to where it needs to get to. Because again, like I said, man, we got a we got a generation, man. They they got good energy, man. They're about that action. So we just got to do our parts by, you know, pushing and helping them push their voices forward and using it for good. Well, there were Coach Amir. Thank you for your time today, my brother. This has been Appreciate great you, to have a conversation with you, man. Hope to see you real soon, man. And come up there and catch you yeah. guys, man, in action, man. Man, come check us out, man. Come check us out. All right, Coach, you be good, brother. Right, I'll talk to you real soon, man. All right, dog. Be good, man. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube